The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Drew Jensen joins us now with Trados as we look at the markets from today. Drew, I tell you, it was nice to see some positives uh, continuing on the screen for these for these grain markets. Cor- Corn did well, but soybeans, overwhelmingly, I think, could have brought some smiles to guys out in the combine today. Yeah, what a breath of fresh air. I mean, to see beans finish up 16, it, it, uh, it's probably the strongest close I went back, but strongest close we've seen in at least a couple months. Um, finished beans up 16. Like you said, had a, they were up uh, 26 at one point, uh, and corn finished up 6. Unfortunately, the wheat just was pretty flat on the day, though. But that's kind of be to be expected right now for the wheat, isn't it? I mean, I, it's not unexpected, I guess. But I, you know, when we look at kind of what's going on around the world as far as some drought areas, and as as, as we pull back as hard as we have in the wheat, I, I think wheat still long term has a has a fundamental story to be told. Uh, and when you kind of look at where we've come from that high of, you know, looking at the December Kansas City having a contract high of six twenty six pull back to around that $5, pretty much just testing the old lows from July, you know, I would think that we'd have some upside in the, in the wheat market at some point back to maybe the middle end of that range of 50% retracement. Your moving averages all kind of converging around that 550 with maybe a 50% retracement up around 565, 570. We look at the weather, and I know that harvest is continuing. Guys are pushing ahead of any sort of rains that are moving in. Have you guys heard of any weather concerns, especially over the last couple of days? You know, as harvest is starting to kind of get in full swing and then watching this cold front come through, I mean, you're going to go from, what, 90 degrees a day to a high of 65 tomorrow. Usually when you got those type of those type of major swings of temperature, it comes with some violent storms. We saw a little pop-up storm come through that kind of Fremont area and drop some pretty big hail here a couple of days ago. And that's always obviously the concern this time of year is you, you get any... Uh, hail on these bean pods and just shatter them. The white combine comes through and really takes a, a beautiful bean crop and, and destroys it in a, in a hurry. So it's uh, it's not fun to see those type of drastic weather events come through this time of year. And it looks like there might be some more moving in, cause a little bit of a slowdown to the harvest. But there has been some dry concerns, though, as well. And we definitely don't want to have to deal with any field fires or anything like that as these guys try to get the crop out. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that we've seen in the past couple of years where you start getting these hot, dry days and a lot of wind, and, and all of a sudden uh, a combine catches fire and jumps two, three fields over. So definitely something to be on, on a person's radar this time of year and just wish everyone to stay safe. Very much so. Let's look at, I know that um, some purchases came in. Let's start out with the corn. I know Mexico was in for some purchases, about 160,000 metric tons of corn. Now, it looks like it's more for this coming marketing year than the current one, but still it's good to see that the demand is there considering all the trade discussions that have been going on. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. corn is, is the cheapest in the world, and uh, you know we've got some cheap feed grains. The demand appears to be really good, and we've obviously thrown in and digested this 181 corn yield. Whether it gets slightly bigger or smaller from here is anyone's guess but i think the bigger thing to kind of shift your focus on is the demand and and at these levels um we are seeing good demand in in corn and i I think that is going to continue to build a story going into 2019 we've talked about it for quite a while and if you're in the bullish camp at all in the last two three months that's what you're trying to point to and and say well you know we can't stay down here forever we're eventually going to 
go higher. Seasonally speaking, we typically try to bottom out in September, October in the corn market. Now, whether this contract low we've seen in December corn holds or not um, at that 342 is, is yet to be seen, but I, I would guess we'd grind around somewhere in these levels for the next few weeks. Um, I think what you want to probably be cautious of is that we're probably more than likely not going to have this deep V bottom, meaning we're not going to you know, have a significant rally off here in the next uh, short-term, meaning short-term, meaning one to two, three months. Well, export sales, though, considered to be strong for corn this week? I'm sorry, say that again. I couldn't hear you. No, that's fine. The export sales for corn seem to be pretty strong this week. Yeah, yeah. Export sales were, were great. Um, and I, I think I would, can, we would, we would uh, argue that you're probably going to continue to see those uh, those type of export numbers. And I think these levels, it's, it's, good not only for the world to to buy our products and get get things secured at this level but also domestically if you know if you're using corn as a feed uh this is really good opportunity seasonally to get some get some long-term procurement uh needs met we're back to being able to use e15 once again ethanol margins remain on the tighter side i had a producer say that was the best thing to hit that time on the calendar to say e15 he thought maybe it'll be a good usage of this corn and could be a, a price driving factor. We got to we got to do something to try to uh, improve the margins in ethanol. You know, the ethanol industry's come off uh, a couple years of really really good margins. Unfortunately, here as of lately, the, the margins have been pretty ugly, and we've seen that uh, translate to uh, some some plants going to idle, some slowing their grind down to 50, 60 percent. So, on top of the uh, two billion carryout we had on this old crop finally starting to make its way to market the last four to six weeks and now a a, a big crop coming on obviously we're going to need the demand anywhere we can find it so running these ethanol plants at 50 60 percent of capacity is not ideal so uh yeah hopefully e15 um and other things can can help the ethanol ethanol margins and we can get back to 100 percent grind from from the export standpoint though for ethanol could we see some pickups from ethanol and ddg use well let's look at the corn basis i know with harvest getting underway in so many areas are we going to see more pressure for them in the near term yeah i mean unfortunately i think there probably will be more pressure the harvest logistics as we've talked in the past are not going to be a whole lot of fun they're going to have some uh problems in some areas we've seen kind of the processor ethanol corn basis fall from kind of a 25 30 under to 50 under plus um as it just they get kind of their needs bought a lot more old crop hitting the market when we look at kind of Obviously, we've talked about trying to store as many beans as possible, move the corn at harvest. When you look at the carry out to, uh, you know, we got 20, uh, 20 cents carry kind of out to May corn and about 30 or about 50 cents carry. Brown folks, we've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Drew Jensen joins us with trade-offs as we jump over from corn to look at the happenings of the soybean market. And you mentioned at the very beginning, Drew, nice to see some higher numbers in them, even though they kind of had a two-sided trade there for a while. Yeah, I mean, to have that, you know, know, I had a lot of calls mid-morning saying, what's going on in the bean market, what's going on? You know, there really wasn't anything to talk about. We had a, we opened up with slightly higher and just continued to add strength to that market all day long. It wasn't like something came out, some type of report came out, and we were significantly higher on the open. So, you know, we saw a lot of fund buying, uh, both across corn and beans, and really the only thing you can really attribute it to that would be mostly just kind of macro fund looking at it 
potential inflationary pressure. Uh, but that, that had, like you said, the most upside in the bean market today, which was great. Has there been some shipping concerns with South America? I had read a little blurb about some issues. As we continue to look at the, the soybeans, I know that South America is in the process of getting that early plantings done. They've been on the dry side. We're getting ready to harvest. Guys are looking for beans. Is there? Have you heard any discussion, early talk, coming out of South America as to what we might see? I would say this, the dryness out of South America is, is probably a, a slight concern. I think overall the, the market's probably more focused on the dryness areas of the wheat market and how our 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 harvest is going to go, but uh, we'll have to see, I guess, if that continues to pick up pick up any steam or not. Well, and the competition's got to be there between the U.S. dollar and the real, as the real has seen some some drops again in the price. Yeah, I mean, as we go forward and, and look at the Brazil, the real compared to the U.S. dollar, how that impacts it. What you know, if, as our soybeans try to make their way out of the U.S., you know, how do they go, and how does that? change from the normal path of just going off the PNW uh, over to China do we go you know ship more over to uh, t- to South America and, re- and replace theirs as they ship some out so and, and until we get a trade situation re- resolved we're going to have to have some creative ways to to get rid of our beans and wouldn't it be nice if we knew a guesstimated date of when that would all take place <laughs> right, right. That's. Uh, I'm sure you're you're just as tired as I am of trying to guess and, and talk about that. Whether that's going to be uh, something before an election or, or after or when exactly. Well, I'm curious because you know it came out again um, on Tuesday of this week that there were going to be more tariffs added from both sides, and it's kind of turning into a he said he said type of thing. You know, they just can't seem one's got to beat the other one out when it comes to tariff numbers. Yeah, and so I mean it's. It's a function of trying to, I think, it, as we saw maybe in the bean market today, I mean, we, the market's a lot quicker to shed that those rumors off now uh, as we become a little bit more numb to them maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, at some point you, you carve out demand. Um, typically beans actually have a pretty good retracement into, from a future standpoint, have a pretty good retracement uh, post post Oct 1. They usually fall off into October 1 and then have a pretty good uh, retracement up into middle of November of anywhere from 20 to 40%. So, you know, that would argue of, uh, regardless of kind of what's going on news-wise, historically, you know, maybe having an opportunity back up around $8, $99 November beans, which with the carry we've got out to July, you know, that would be more like a nine forty, nine fifty July market, which, in our opinion, would probably need to be sold in the short term. Well, you talk about that selling in the short term. Producers are out there on the combine. They're listening to the final bell right now wondering what are we going to do with these beans if they haven't gotten them sold how do you move forward with this crop and the continued uncertainty that's in the trade you know if you, if you don't have them sold uh, then the, you know the next best option is to try to put a place to park them uh, some type of storage i think people will get creative in how they go about storing the bean crop you know the the, the smaller bins the three to eight thousand bushel bins that you might not have used in a couple of years we're hearing that those will be used so beans will get stuck away in some type of crevice and then the question becomes what uh what the U- what the u.s ends up doing if they end up giving out the other other half of the bean um 81 cents come december or not and so they're kind of holding out in the back pocket but i mean if if you had any sales on prior to this we get any type of rally into the end of the year and you and you can tack on a dollar 65 on it it's obviously uh, looks a little bit better than just the, the sub-$7 cash beans we were looking at for harvest here a week ago. 
you know, keeping in mind that, and as you talked about at the beginning, those seasonal trends are there. It's something we always see no matter what's happening in that global market trades place. We continue to see the fluctuations like we would have seen September last year. Yeah, the seasonal trends, I mean, unfortunately, this is, what, sixth year in a row where we've put, uh, you know, corn highs in early, fell off uh, as we approach harvest, trend or above trend line yields. Uh, so the patterns, unfortunately, we're, we we are on the lower end of the range in the soybean market. Hopefully, we're carving out bottoms. Uh, but I think a person's got to say not only what's going on news-wise, like you said, I mean, but what are you going to do about that and what's your risk management? What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys there at Tradeoffs, Drew? Uh, visit our website, gotradeoffs.com. We're on all social media platforms. Give us a call, 402 858 7501. Thanks so much. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.